We'll read again from Romans 8, verses 22 through 25. We know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if, if we hope, for that we see not, then we with do, uh, then we with patience rather do wait for it. We have hope. Our hope is that our redemption is at hand. When we uh, consider a life and the conditions of it, we are reminded what Jesus said. When he said, when you see these things come to pass, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. I guess we could say when things go south, we want to look north, except a little higher. We want to look up. When these things come to pass, what things? Well, Jesus spoke of some of those things, and not the least of which was distress in the land with perplexity. Men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. He spoke of his disciples being targets of hatred, betrayal by friends and even family, as well as a number of other signs that would precede the return of Jesus. But rather than look at these things, he said, when these things come to pass, look up, for it's a reminder that our redemption draws nigh. Paul uh, spoke of this in, in the scripture reading, and really before and after the reading in the same chapter. But he said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be con compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. The sufferings of the present stand in contrast to the glory of the future. We want to have an eye on the future. Actually, we want to have both eyes on the future, looking unto the Lord and realizing that the time is at hand indeed. We are children of God, he said, preceding their scripture reading, and as such, we are heirs with God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, so that uh, we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. Paul, in writing to Timothy, echoed similar words. He said, if, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. We have hope. First the cross... But then the crown, we bear the cross knowing that the crown is ahead. This life, if we're serving the Lord, has demands of discipleship, 
But again, that's done in, in contrast to the rewards of righteousness. We accept the fact that we are to bear a cross. Jesus said that, to, to follow him, having taken up our cross. But we look to the day when we will wear a crown. There's a reward for righteousness, and that includes redemption. He spoke of that in the 21st uh, verse of that same Romans 8, the last half. The, we look forward to the day when we will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We hope, we wait also. Verse 23 of Romans 8 speaks of waiting for uh, the redemption of our body. Proverbs 13:12 reminds us that hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope requires a waiting, I suppose, in any aspect. And, and waiting at times can um, bring um, anxiety mixed with anticipation. But we, though, though our hope is deferred in terms of the redemption of our body, we still anticipate uh, that time when the desire cometh, and it's as a tree of life. Delay equals disappointment at times. Waiting for anything good uh, can be apprehensive. Having just passed through the Christmas season, those with children or grandchildren saw firsthand the anticipation of the younger ones uh, hoping for Christmas before it came. It seemed like it would never come. So in that uh, sense, hope deferred make the heart sick. But um, when it came, well, I hope expectations uh, were met and even exceeded. We hope uh, some lately have hoped for a stimulus check. Some received it. I'm still hoping for one, courtesy of my grandchildren and their descendants to the third or fourth generation, perhaps. But nevertheless, uh, we hope it comes eventually. We hope camp meeting uh, we, well, we hope for a, a camp meeting under the conditions where how we held 2019 camp meeting. We hope for gathering shoulder to shoulder in uh, this sanctuary. As I look around at empty chairs, where I see my smiling wife. Uh, well, hope deferred. It it can um, do what it does. But we still have hope, and when it comes, it will be a tree of life. And I rather suspect that Camp Meeting 2021 will be more like the Tabernacle Meetings of 2020 than like Camp Meeting of 2019. But it will give rise to anticipation if Jesus tarries that long. Perhaps that's the point. It may not be an issue. We wait patiently for the redemption of our bodies, our redemption when the Lord will return. That is what our focus is really on. It is beyond July 
2021. It is beyond uh, 2022. It's heaven above. That is our hope. So we have hope, we wait, and we strive for patience. Verse 25 says, But if we hope for that which we see not, then we with patience wait for it. Nobody likes it, I suppose, when patience is required. But it is. God deemed it that way. And when we have a chaotic world or even personal conditions, apart from any specific year, we can be left feeling a bit fearful or hopeless when there is no relief or no end in sight, uh, despair can set in, but despair is the is in contrast to hope. Uh, we have hope. Despair recognizes our limitations. It, it sees what we cannot do, what we have no control over. And in that sense, it's self-focused. Hope is God-focused. We, we say to ourselves, look how hopeless things are. But God's reply to us, look how faithful I am. God is our hope. And if nothing else, when the conditions are contrary, it's a reminder to look up, lift up your eyes, for your redemption draws nigh. It's sooner than it was yesterday, and a lot sooner than it was a year ago. Hopelessness is the product of impatience. He says, Paul did, we then with patience wait for it. Hope is a product of, of patience with confidence in God. We have confidence in God. We look heaven's way. We know God's promises are true. And we know that they will be fulfilled exactly right at the exact right time. That's our hope. We hope for our redemption. We're saved by hope. In that sense, we're kept by hope. We're preserved by hope. We're sustained through life by that hope of our redemption. It guides us. It, it guides our decisions. We anticipate uh, the fact that uh, the Lord orchestrates all the events in life, and that is what leads us to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or do that. He mentions here, um, after the scripture reading, that we know not how to pray at, at times. Verse 26, uh, actually, uh, we know not what we should pray. So the Lord helps us to pray. The Spirit of God uh, helps us to pray. So that's uh, one acknowledgement of what we don't know. Uh, however, uh, a couple of verses later, we do know that all things work together for good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. 
So there's a lot of things in life we don't know, but one thing we do know, God works all things together uh, for good to those who love him and serve him. And we're among those who love him and serve him. So we have confidence and hope that he does all things well. Hope transcends uh, the troubles of this present time, the sufferings of this present time that he speaks of. He mentions that creation groans. The natural order of creation has been tainted by sin, corrupted by the fall. And we see the result of, of that was the edict that the ground would be cursed due to the rebellion of Adam and Eve. They were told in sorrow, which is to say in labor and pain or in toil, shalt thou eat of the ground all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth. So we have a number of conditions that are the result of that curse that fell upon Adam and Eve and to a great extent his their descendants, which includes you and me. We have the conflict of creatures, which we know, dogs and cats, and uh, the wolf and the lamb, and women and spiders, those kinds of things. We have a polluted planet, even extending up to the heavens, which man, through exploration, has uh, tarnished. We, so, so creation groans, and we see it in, in natural disasters and man-made disasters as well, where the planet itself seems to almost uh, cry out, uh, awaiting for a, a day in the future. Well, the planet is designed to dissolve. Peter said, There's a day coming in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are in therein shall be burned up. So no matter uh, every effort of the human race to preserve this planet it is destined for destruction. We will not change that. However, the good news is that the old will be replaced by the new. A new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's part of uh, our redemption being complete. That's part of, of the hope that preserves us, that keeps us, that uh, inspires us to keep on keeping on in our service to God. So creation groans. We groan. We ourselves uh, groan within ourselves, uh, Paul said. And to uh, groan here is, is, in a sense, to sigh and to pray inaudibly, like, uh, well, just that. And it extends to praying audibly, saying, God, help us. So we groan, awaiting something. Awaiting what? Awaiting the redemption of our bodies, awaiting our redemption, awaiting, awaiting the fulfillment of God's great plan of salvation. Paul, to the church at Corinth, uh, wrote that we, in this tabernacle, do groan, being burdened. And he said, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. These temporary Tabernacles, he called them, bodies, were not designed to last, and they don't. We, we know that. They, after a while, as we age, we hear creaking and popping and 
feel aching that we didn't feel a few years ago. We wear down, eventually wear out. We try our best to compensate with eyeglasses and hearing aids and canes. We repair. Some have had knee replacements and hip replacements, heart valve replacements, treatments of all kinds that we take advantage of to extend the life of this temporary dwelling place. But the anticipation we have is that one day the whole body will be replaced, exchanged for a glorious body, a body that if you're unhappy with the one you've had for the last number of years, you'll be happy with the new one because it is one that transcends the old. Again, to the Corinthians, he says, For we know of this earthly house, of this tabernacle, were dissolved, and it will be. We have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Speaking of those who pass away, we hope for the rapture, but some have passed away, and unless Jesus comes uh, immediately, others will follow. But Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed. Thanks be to God. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That's our hope. That's exciting. That is something to be uh, focused on. Uh, I'm not a guy that gets troubled by the conditions of the world. I choose rather to focus on the conditions that will exist hereafter. It's our hope. It guides us. It provides us with victory not only then, but all through life. And when it comes to our redemption, it's not about the present condition of our body. It's about the condition of our soul. We're not just survivors. We're conquerors. And we're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. This uh, chapter concludes with that reminder. All these things, and he names the things, in all these things of adversity, we're more than conquerors through him uh, who uh, that loved us. God loves us. God loves you. He loves me. And he will help us to go through life, not just at the end of the life being a more, a more than a conqueror, but through life, more than a conqueror. Uh, don't feel sorry for me, and uh, we need not feel sorry for one another. We're victors. We have the Lord on our side, and we are persuaded with Paul that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have a lively hope. Let it guide you. Let it uh, take you through the rest of this day, the remainder of this week as Jesus tarries, and indeed through the remainder of your life. May God help us to be uh, focused heavenward and to be continually reminded of the hope that we have within.